Welcome to Canada's most irreverent talk show. This is the Andrew Lawton Show, brought to you by True North. Hello and welcome to you all. This is another edition of Canada's most irreverent talk show, the Andrew Lawton Show here on True North. It is Tuesday, September 13th, 2022. Thank you so much for being on the program today. We spent most of the show yesterday talking about the new leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, Pierre Polyev, who won very handily Saturday night over 68%, 68.15 for the precise among you, percent of the points in the leadership race, a much better margin than Aaron O'Toole had, than Andrew Scheer had. And even if you go way back to the very formation of the Conservative Party, even more than Stephen Harper had with a much smaller field of candidates. So this is fairly important, and the big question now becomes one of party unity. What are the Conservative Party's next steps? I'm going to be speaking about that in just a couple of moments' time with Candace Bergen, the former leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, who got, uh, uh, on a schedule anyway, it wasn't like a, a coup or anything, got uh, ousted from the position when Pierre Polyev won on Saturday. But we'll talk to her about her tenure in that role as leader of Her Majesty's loyal opposition at the time and where the party is moving forward. But I, I just want to start by what has been, I think, a fairly exciting kickoff to Pierre Polyev's leadership here. I want to play a clip which just emerged a couple of hours ago at the very first time Pierre Polyev stepped before the Ottawa media, the parliamentary press gallery. He had prepared remarks, he came out, he was ready to give them, and, well, got a little bit derailed. Merci beaucoup d'être venu aujourd'hui. Thank you very much for coming. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, appreciate your presence here today. Uh, before I begin, let me just say that. Uh, if, if, thank, thank you very much. Am I being I'm being heckled here by 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 the by? Thank you very much for your congratulation. Thank you very much for your questions. I'm going to begin my remarks now. Justin Trudeau is out of touch, and Canadians are out of money. The cost of government is driving up the cost of living. A half a trillion dollars of inflationary deficits have bid up the cost of the goods we buy and the, and the interest that Canadians pay. And that is why, and that is why we are experiencing 40-year highs in inflation today. Here we are today with 40-year highs in inflation, where Canadians are spending more just to feed themselves, to heat their homes, and to buy a home in the very first place. The reason that... The, look, yeah. So, I mean, we, we have, we, we have uh, basically a, a liberal heckler who snuck in here today to... Well, right. Are you going to let you me make my statement? From the guy who actually reported yeah. first on the prime minister breaking the law. Yeah. Are you going to we let me make like my to statement? Ask a question. Say yes. I've I'll never, I've actually never seen you heckling the I've prime minister. Before. Ask minister I've never Baird, seen you back heckling the, the prime minister. Look, bottom line is this. Yes, I'm taking. I'll be taking two questions at the very end. Thank you very much. The so I'm going to start my statement again, and hopefully this time without interruption from the liberal heckling gathering here. And uh, we'll speak directly to Canadians so that they can hear what the new leader of the opposition has to say. I'll begin again. <laughs> 
the the liberal heckler, as Pierre Polyev puts it, is David Aiken from Global News, who before Pierre Polyev even like opened his mouth for his statement was being like bombarded and peppered with questions. Now, I'm not one of these people that thinks uh, politicians should be treated with the kid gloves, quite the contrary. But ideally, like let them say what they're going to say and then like heckle them at the end if they aren't taking your questions or if they aren't answering your question. But but instead of groveling, instead of apologizing, Pierre Polyev says, yeah, you're, you're a liberal heckler. Let me say what I'm going to say. And then it ended up working. And he basically, once he restarted, was able to continue with the statement. Now, this is just one media availability on one day, the first opportunity that Pierre Polyev has really had to go before the parliamentary press gallery. But I think this may be a tone that kind of works for him. Certainly the uh, people commenting on this on Twitter seem to be fans, except for the ones that uh, weren't really fans of him in the first place. But uh, we'll talk about all this and more a little bit later on in the show. I want to talk about the bigger picture right now of conservative politics in this country. We've had for the last uh, basically nine months, Candace Bergen as the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. And she's now announced she's not even going to be running again, which I know has uh, disappointed a lot of people, but it comes after a great many years of public service, and I'm very pleased that uh, Candace Bergen, the Portage Lisger MP and former Conservative leader, joins me now. Candace, good to talk to you. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Hi, Andrew. Great to see you. Thanks for having me. Let me just point out a technicality here. I, I know that you were known generally as the interim leader, but that's actually not a title that exists in any meaningful way in, in Canada. I mean, you were the leader of the official opposition. You were the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, but it was on, on an interim basis. That's right. Actually, in our party, uh, we have uh, only have one title. It's leader of the... I like to joke. I'm not the interim leader. I was... I was the leader in the interim, and it was a what it was an honor. It was a challenging, but a very very good seven months. How difficult is it for you to take over that role on an interim basis when you know there's going to be a permanent leader that's going to come in and put their own brand on the party and put their own policies in place? But at the same time, you also have to rise to the challenge on very difficult issues that were coming up, like Justin Trudeau's vilification of people based on vaccination status, like vaccine mandates, like ethics. Like, How do you find that balance of doing your job as an opposition leader, but also so not, you know, branding the party in a way that's normally the job of, of the person who's coming after you? Well, I was fortunate to have an incredible group of members of parliament that uh, when I when I became the leader, uh, th there was a lot of uh, negativity in the caucus. But these are good individuals who know how to be part of a team, a private sector. They've come from different walks of life. And I found, I found whether it were Ronna Ambrose, other leaders, that if as a leader we respect, trust and remain consistently conservative, which is really important, they were accomplished through an extremely difficult time. As you mentioned, it was literally right in the middle of the convoy, was uh, was invoked. Uh, we had the coalition between the Liberals and the, the NDP, uh, un unprecedented inflation. So there was a lot going on, but a group of MPs that we worked together and we stayed true to our conservative principles back down. Now, did that mean that we weren't thinking about what Canadians wanted? We wanted to offer. So uh, it, it was, I came into it, it was difficult initially, I knew that if I treated this caucus uh, with res the respect they deserve, they treated me the same way a lot. And we are, we are not only unified, we are a team. 
Well, let me ask about that, because obviously leadership races, nomination battles at a local level, they, they sometimes can bring out tensions. And ideally, at the end of it, everyone gets behind the winner and, and you know, everyone wears their blue colors if you're in a Conservative Party of Canada context. But the challenge that, that I would raise on this, if you look even just at today, for example, one member of the Quebec caucus, Alain Rez, has already uh, said he will no longer be sitting as a conservative. And I, I guess the question is, where are the fault lines in this unity battle right now? Because the, the statement from Mr. Rez was that he didn't feel as a progressive conservative, you know, one of the two legacy parties that formed the Conservative Party of Canada, that, that he had a place. Well, I think the um, the results of these were were very defining, and it's it's clear the party is united in uh, it's there for Pierre. Um, I was disappointed to see Elaine's statement. I I really have such pain. Uh, he's been a tremendous uh, part of our caucus for many years. Uh, so him, I hope Andrew though that you know maybe maybe he'll he'll change his mind at some point, and I hope that dependent he'll continue with the honor and integrity he has conducted himself, and maybe come back over to family. I haven't talked to Pierre about this, but I would, I'm sure if he would change his mind, he, um, so I'm not sure what he's going through. And it was, it's hard when you're, when you're supporting a candidate as he did for Mr. Charest, it is hard being on the losing end. And, and that's why I'm so glad out to each one of the candidates and to their volunteers. And, and I can tell you, Andrew, that I did. I started as a volunteer for Stockwell Day. And when Stephen Harper, Stephen Harper's uh, volunteer coordinator for phoned me as a volunteer and said, would you come and help us? And that made me a fan of Stephen Harper of my life, I can tell you. I will be a fan of Stephen Harper's. But the point being, I see Pierre do the same thing and do it in a genuine way. And I know that's how we all feel. Volunteers, voters, people who are working very closely with the other leadership candidates, individuals and we want them to be part of our conservative team so let me ask you then about this lineage of conservative leaders this is a very young party right now and we know that there have been i mean obviously we can go back to john a mcdonald if we include all the, the iterations of it but stephen harper uh ronna ambrose andrew Scheer, aaron o'toole you pierre polyev everyone in the party that i've spoken to seems to think that stephen harper is still Really, I, I think the model version of, of what this party can be. He, he led this through multiple governments, a majority government. I guess the question is, how much does that influence still loom over you as an interim leader and from what you know about Pierre Polyev, uh, Pierre moving forward? There's no doubt Stephen Harper had and still has a huge impact on our party and our members. That's a good thing. I mean, that is, uh, that is just the nature. I think of any organization, any effective, whether it's in politics, or really in any other sector uh, in, in, in the country and somebody who makes an impact, whether they leave because they passed away or they leave, their impact is not lessened. And I, I don't think that we, we should expect it. We should be proud and grateful that we had Stephen Harper as a leader and that we can, as an example, and whether, you know, when I think I started as volunteer I went on to chair of secretary really I grew in the party and eventually became leader in the interim the fact is the leader and he also worked closely with Stephen Harper but Pierre is himself that he believes he needs to be but have that um, 
impact and that influence from is a thing that's something we should all be grateful for. I know you've, as I indicated a few moments ago, decided not to seek re-election. And as someone who's always enjoyed our, our chats on air, you'll still be invited on the show, don't worry. So that you don't give up that when you leave office. But uh, certainly, I, I think a lot of people uh, are, are going to be disappointed to see you go. Why decide to take your step off stage now? Well, I've had, Andrew, so much support. People are so kind. Mark. Uh, you know, you sometimes hear stories of people, politicians uh, and for my experience, it's been the opposite. People have just been so supportive. You know, first of all, I just want to say how much that has meant to me. Um, you know, honestly, Andrew, I but even prior to the last election, I, I wanted to make sure that I, I, I stayed. I had something to contribute and something that I needed to do. And I thought after the last thing, think about that even more. When I became leader and things um, left the party, I felt that this was the time for me to leave this particular position. Involved in helping the party, I still hope to be involved maybe in the private sector, maybe not for pre-7. I still have a lot left to offer, but I wanted to leave on my terms and leave when I the most that I could accomplish in that particular uh, field that I was in. So, you know, really, that's, I'd rather go when people are saying, please stay, then go when they're saying, you know, when is she going? But I do have to say this, <laughs> Andrew. I've got to say this. I watched your clip and I saw a little, little bit of him uh, really acting in an incredibly impolite way. And I'm not, but the seriousness of it is it's the hostility media towards conservatives specifically is very troubling that uh, they get away with it. There is very little accountability for those who, who have that particular hostility towards conservatives. We saw it today. Uh, they better check in when it comes to, they talk about bullying and being nasty and where, where's their anger coming from? Because they sure seem to have, have, I saw some real strong anger coming out of David Aiken and I don't know what's going on with him, but that, that, that I think it's something we're going to have to be uh, call it out and be very conscious of it. Uh, well, very well said. Uh, you've had a, a very distinguished career, and I, I note what you've said there very much, that you aren't done yet. You're just moving on to another chapter. But I thank you very much, Candace, for your service and also for uh, coming on today. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks so much, Andrew. All the best to you. Thank you. Candace Bergen, former leader of the Conservative Party of Canada on an interim basis. It's a little technicality, but it matters. I, I understand, and I, I'm sorry I didn't notice it earlier. Apparently there were some audio issues at, at some point in the chain there. I was able to certainly catch uh, what she was saying, but I, I know it might have dipped in and out. So I apologize for those technical issues. But uh, nonetheless, I think the point was an incredibly valid one, especially at the end there when she talks about the hostility in the media. And I get that. I mean, Right now, a lot of journalists in Canada are jumping up and down talking about how uncivil they feel people are towards them. And, and obviously, anyone that steps forward publicly is going to bear the wrath of people on the internet. But certainly, you look at that clip and you wonder, yeah, you know what? The media sometimes dishes out the uh, incivility as well, to put it kindly. And, and you know, David Aiken, may, his defense may be, and I'm actually just going to check on Twitter right now. 
to see if he's responded to this, because he may say, you know, I'm an equal opportunity heckler. I've heckled Justin Trudeau. And to be fair, I absolutely know David Aiken. He has not tweeted since that press conference. Okay. So he may absolutely be able to say, I, I've uh, shouted at Justin Trudeau as well. And I, certainly I've heard reporters that have gone after Justin Trudeau. That's a big part of it. They want to get an answer. But the point is, is that you've never even let the guy get his message out. If he doesn't take your question at the end, then bark away. But give him the chance, because right now David Aiken has become the story. And that little clip which I played has now given the audience an opportunity to say, well, you know what, Pierre Polyev is dealing with this fight. Pierre Polyev is now on the defense while the reporters go undeniably on the offense, just because I think we need to put it in the record and make sure we've all seen it. And I'm going to play that clip again. This is Pierre Polyev today fending off David Aiken at the Parliamentary Press Gallery debut, basically. Merci beaucoup d'être venu aujourd'hui. Thank you very much for coming. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, appreciate your presence here today. Uh, before I begin, let me just say that... Uh, if, Thank you very much. Am I being, I'm being heckled here by, by, by the... By, thank you very much for your congratulation. Thank you very much for your questions. I'm going to begin my remarks now. Justin Trudeau is out of touch, and Canadians are out of money. The cost of government is driving up the cost of living. A half a trillion dollars of inflationary deficits have bid up the cost of the goods we buy and the, and the interest that Canadians pay. And that, is why, and that is why we are experiencing 40-year highs in inflation today. Here we are today with 40-year highs in inflation, where Canadians are spending more just to feed themselves, to heat their homes, and to buy a home in the very first place. The reason that... The, look, yeah. So, I mean, we, we have, we, we have uh, basically a, a liberal heckler who snuck in here today to, well, right. are you going to let you me make my misstatement? From the guy who actually reported yeah. first on the prime minister breaking the law. Yeah. Are you going to we let me make like my statement? Ask a question. Say, yes, I've so never, I've actually never seen you heckling the I've prime minister. Before. Ask minister I've never Baird, seen you back heckling the, the prime minister. Look, bottom line is this. Yes, I'm taking, I'll be taking two questions at the very end. Thank you very much. The, uh, so I'm going to start my statement again, and hopefully this time without interruption from uh, the uh, liberal heckling gathering here, and uh, we'll speak directly to Canadians so that they can hear what the new leader of the opposition has to say. I'll begin again. Bam. It was funny. On Saturday night, when we were doing our live broadcast for the conservative results, I had said to, I can't remember if it was to Candace or, not Candace Bergen, to Candace Malcolm or to Sue Ann Levy or uh, Harrison Faulkner, if I just said it out loud to myself. Or, you know what, maybe didn't even say it out loud. You never know. But I said, we need to see little shades of Ron DeSantis. Just little shades. He doesn't need to go the full DeSantis. He doesn't need to go the full Florida. If he wants to, that's fine. But just a little bit of flipping the script when the media is being hostile. 
When the media asks a question that's based on a false or biased or loaded premise, when the media is not actually letting you get your message out, when they wouldn't dare act the same way with Justin Trudeau at the very beginning. Again, that clip started when Pierre Polyev came out and said, welcome. And David Aiken, if you listen, he does that thing. Well, congr- he, the first thing he heckles is congratulations. So it's like, oh, I was, I was congratulating him. And then after it's like, blah, 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 blah. and then he just like goes right into it. And Pierre Polyev's like, I was dude, I was just saying hi. Like I once was at a party, which in and of itself is newsworthy. And I was like going around and I introduced myself to a guy and I said, oh, hi, I'm Andrew. And he shakes my hand and then he just like launches into something. And I was like, I, I, I was just saying hello. I was just like trying to walk around the table saying hello. At that time, Pierre Polyev was just walking around the table saying hello. And even then they, they wouldn't let it. So he's going to no doubt. I mean, my, my colleague Harrison Faulkner tweeted this video and I just want to take a look at where this is on Twitter now. I think it has done very, very well. It is, I can't even find the tweet, but certainly it's got like hundreds and hundreds, maybe even thousands of likes and retweets. And then there was this incident. Now, again, this is hearsay, but it's hearsay from the press secretary to Pierre Polyev. So it's not just some random guy on Twitter. Uh, But Anthony Koch says, at a press conference today on combating Justin Trudeau's inflation, David Aiken told me to tell conservative leader Pierre Polyev to go F himself. Later, he erupted in a yelling spasm to try and prevent Mr. Polyev from even beginning his press conference. Then he like snitch tags global news. So I, again, I have no reason to distrust Anthony. I wasn't there. I haven't seen it. David Aiken has not tweeted a response to this yet. But uh, what uh, Pierre Polyev's press secretary is saying is that Anthony said to tell Pierre to go F himself. And then when he got to the press conference, uh, started yelling and shouting and screaming. And apparently the background of this is that uh, Polyev was originally not going to take questions. And then he decided, and then David Aiken was unhappy about that. And then Pierre Polyev said, okay, he'll take two questions. And uh, by the way, I think Pierre Polyev absolutely should take questions. Like, let's go back to the Freedom Convoy here. And you can see this in my book, if you read it, The Freedom Convoy, the inside story of three weeks that shook the world available on... Oh, I didn't even know we had that cover in there. See, that my producer has earned his bonus today. Thank you for that. Yes, my The Freedom Convoy, the inside story of three weeks that shook the world. I was just like, right, that wasn't even a planned plug. But the, the convoy organizers said they weren't going to talk to legacy media. They weren't going to talk to the David Akins and the Glenn McGregor. And there was that one video from the convoy that a lot of people enjoyed a bit of schadenfreude over, of Glenn McGregor like having a hissy fit in a hotel hallway because he wasn't allowed in the room where the convoy people were having their press conference. And... I think it was a flawed strategy because I, I think you should actually let them come in, take their questions, and if they're a biased question asker, you expose it. And if they report something inaccurate, you expose that. And I would take the same view of Pierre Polyev. Pierre Polyev should stand up there and take their questions. I, I think he, his team should probably and does probably have confidence in his ability to do exactly what he did with David Aiken, which is to shout down someone if they're trying to talk over him, if they ask a, a question that's a trap, to actually identify it as a trap and say, that's a trap, I'm not going near that, and then to pivot to his message. Like, this is a guy who's done this. He was one of the strongest conservatives in question period for a reason. So I do think that if they try to do this Harper thing and hide Pierre Polyev from the media, it's not going to work because the media is just going to spin its wheels, but they don't actually get exposed. Whereas I think they should open the doors, open the floodgates, let the media come in. 
And then when the media exposes themselves to be petty little liberal hack children, then turn it around and show the world that, or show the country that anyway. That is, I would put forth the winning strategy for Pierre Polyev. Play, you got to play to your leader's strengths and you got to diminish their weaknesses. His ability to handle himself in front of a hostile crowd is a strength, not a weakness. So let him embrace that. I mean, when I saw the press release go out from his office about this little media availability he was going to have, it said he's going to deliver remarks to the media or something like Like, it didn't say what you'd normally say in that context, which is he is having a media availability. So I, I, I know from that he was not going to, it sounded like, take questions. And I said, oh, now the media is going to make that the story. Whereas in this particular case, the fact that he did respond, he did engage with David Aiken, I think actually worked far better for him. It actually helped him much more in the long run. So this kind of thing is going to continue to happen. And I think they need to be able to meet the challenge head on and go for it. And I mean, look, we have requested an interview with Pierre Polyev. So far, he's not done any sit downs since he became the leader. We are going to continue to be on that because I think it is important for us to go forward with that and, and hold him to account and ask questions about all of these key things. And I, I guess one question I would ask to anyone who is like absolutely in a frenzy about Pierre Polyev, what is it you're seeing there? What is it you're seeing there? And, and I don't know the answer to that. I, I don't know what it is they're seeing. When they, when they start using words like fascist and extremist, like, I don't even know if they know what those things mean. I don't know if they've actually entertained them or if it's just like so familiar to them. It's like such, it's such like a, an easy thing for them that they don't even entertain it. It was like Stephen Harper was a dictator and Pierre Polyev is a fascist and Aaron O'Toole was like, you know, Attila the Hun and, and Andrew Scheer was, I can't even think of some example. I mean, it's like that clip I, or uh, that quote I shared yesterday from CUPE saying that uh, Pierre Polyev should be the governor of Alabama, which <laughs> Jamil Chavani and I were, uh, were, were, were talking about. So all of this stuff I feel is really going towards this hysteria that I just don't think will be there. And just take, for example, this look at Pierre Polyev's leadership team. So he announced this today on Twitter, the group of caucus members that he has behind him that are going to be the ones that really drive the agenda, that really work and help and do stuff behind the scenes. Uh, we'll get that graphic up in just a couple of moments, but there it is. So Pierre Polyev, Melissa Lansman is his deputy leader, a gay millennial Jewish woman from the GTA, Tim Upple, who is a, a Sikh, a very, very passionate member of parliament from Edmonton. And then you've got, again, uh, right down the line, representation from Saskatchewan, from Quebec, people from the progressive Tory tradition, from the harder line, blue Tory tradition. You have all of these different people that are coming together. This is not a far right candidate. This is not a far right team. And I think that when the media just keeps going into the same bag of tricks, far-right, extremist, evil, hidden, scary, social conservative. Like, I learned something about Pierre Polyev when he gave his acceptance speech on Saturday night, and he thanked his father, Donald, and his father's partner, Ross. I actually didn't know until that moment that uh, Pierre Polyev's adopted father was gay, was, was in a, a relationship with another man. And I don't particularly care about that. But why I think it's interesting is that whenever he's been tainted with this, oh, he's cozying up with social conservative brush, he has not, that I've seen, thrown that back at them and say, well, actually, this. 
because he's not playing that identity politics game. He's not playing that identity politics game. And if the media tries to make that stick, if the media tries to say, who, who, in, uh, you know, like 1984, he voted against same-sex marriage, it's like, well, just, I mean, take a look at his own life. Here's a guy who is saying a lot of things that matter to conservatives and a lot of things that I think matter to Canadians as well. But as I said yesterday, the goal is making sure that he continues to say those things, that even if his tone changes, the fundamental message doesn't. And, and one fantastic example of this is CBC funding. Again, I concede it may not be the ballot issue for most Canadians, but it is an issue that matters to a heck of a lot of conservative voters, which is why defund the CBC was such a robust chant at Pierre Polyev's rally. And in one of my interviews with him, I actually asked him very candidly, I asked him point blank, about what he's going to do and when he's going to do it, because I, I'm trying to put on the record and preempt exactly what happened in 2020 with Aaron O'Toole when he said, again, all the right things in the leadership race and then was nowhere to be found on these issues in the general. And this was my exchange with Pierre Polyev. Yeah, you, you've established that you want to get rid of the, the Trudeau government's media bailouts. You want to defund the CBC. We heard in the last leadership election, uh, Aaron O'Toole say that he was going to defund the CBC. And, and during the election, that had been walked back to really an, an unrecognizable point in, in the party's platform. Specifically, what will you do with CBC in your first mandate? Well, I will defund it to oh, save a billion dollars. Uh, to save a billion dollars. I think the, the, the only uh, justification for a broadcaster, a public broadcaster, would be to fulfill uh, what the market can't provide. Almost everything the CBC does can be done in the marketplace these days because of technology. Um, I would preserve a small amount for French language minorities, uh, for linguistic minorities, uh, because they um, frankly will not get uh, new services provided by the market. And you know we have a gigantic sea of English in North America uh, and only a small uh, population, a francophone population. So I think there is a justification uh, because government really should only do what people cannot do for themselves. And that's the justification for, for uh, leaving a small part of, of the budget uh, that currently is well over a billion dollars for the over CB, for the CBC to provide for those things that the market is not doing for itself. So the national power in politics, CBC News Online, no funding for those under a Polyev government. Yeah, I don't think that the television service, the English language television service that CBC provides, uh, or the digital, uh, provide anything that people can't get from the marketplace. So after that interview, I had a few people that are like, is this really the most important thing? Why are you spending so much time talking about it? And it's because I think the precision was important. I wanted him to lay out exact, so there was no ability to go back after and say, well, what I meant was, no, he said what he meant. There'd be no national, there'd be no Little Mosque on the Prairie reboot, there'd be no Being Erica, there'd be no uh, whatever other shows are on CBC that no one watches. It would be gone. A little bit of French language funding, but CBC English news would be gone. So that is a big issue because that is a clear issue and that is a yes or no. So in the general election platforms, defund CBC better be in there. And again, instead of doing what happened in the last election, where the conservative leader sort of cowers before the media, 
own it. And when CBC starts asking the question, you know they will. Uh, uh, but, but, but how can you defund us? He can say, well, hang on. Why, why are you asking? You're biased. You've got a conflict of interest. You're talking about your own job here. You're not talking about something that matters to Canadians. You're talking about something that matters to you. And show Canadians what that is. So I think in a lot of cases, the advice is hide from the media because they're, it's the only way that you can win. But if you are capable of flipping the script, if you have truth on your side, I think as we saw in that David Aiken clip, you can really flip the story and for once in conservatives' lives in this country, go on offense. We've got to end things there. My thanks to all of you for tuning into today's show. We will have a new edition of Fake News Friday that I'm sure this clip will also <laughs> will also uh, seep into in just a couple days' time. And next week, we will go the other way with this, talking about the conservative movement and what the Polyev win means for Maxime Bernier and the People's Party of Canada. So, uh, like I've always said, we cover the conservative movement with a small C, not just the large C conservative party. So that's what we have coming up on the show next week, as well as lots of other things. So I do thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you folks soon. Thank you. God bless and good day to you all. Thanks for listening to the Andrew Lawton Show. Support the program by donating to True North at www.tnc.news.